Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Welcome, everyone. Um, Today's episode is a solo. It is just the two of us today. And we're excited to have this conversation. Um, We have still been receiving a lot of messages, um, DMs, emails, all about food and body image. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) So to kick things off, Allie, um, maybe we can start with how are you feeling about your body? What are you doing about it? What are you eating? Tell us everything. (laughs) Well, um, typically I don't, I would, I would say that like body image in general, I probably struggle with the same amount as like the average American woman, but, um, overall it's never been like something that's really plagued me. Um, and I've had what I like to think of as like a fairly good relationship with my own body image at this point in my life. However, being really honest during this time in quarantine, it's, it's actually like presented itself in like a stronger way. And I've been struggling a little bit more with it. Um, yeah, so I don't, you know, I don't necessarily know what the cause of that is. I think, um, I think honestly having time, you know, it's like if you are fortunate enough to be one of the people who are sheltering at home, I think having this time where it's like, we really have to be with ourselves in a different way. It's not just like body image stuff, like all this stuff can come up, right? Like any stuff that you maybe is undealt with that you just like, go through your daily life, go through the motions, push it away kind of thing. You're kind of forced to deal with it now. And I think that's something that sort of came up for me, which was like, oh, maybe I do have like just lying under the surface some unresolved body image stuff that has like flared its head. And the reason I know that is because I have found myself being meaner to myself. 
um, than I typically am. I really don't have a lot of negative self-talk about my body on, on a regular basis. And it's really come up more this time. So I've been really trying to just like sort of face that, deal with it, try to really be gentle with myself. Um, you know, I do feel really grateful that I'm in the position where it's like, I know where my food's coming from. I know that I have a meal, like just to really keep that in mind because there's so many people right now that are like deeply struggling with hunger. So I'm, I'm like highly aware of that, but it doesn't mean that people who also have body image or whatever, like negative self-talk, whatever it may be, um, that that's not real, right? Whether it's like emotional eating, whatever that kind of, however that shows up for you. So for me, I've noticed that like, I really didn't want to exercise a lot in the beginning. I've been walking, getting fresh air, but like, you know, I move my body differently now and, um, that changes the way I feel about it. And that has not been a positive thing. So in the last couple of weeks, I've really started to gradually incorporate more movement on a daily basis. And that's not like for punishment. Um, I'm really trying to make sure it's not like you have to work out now because you're eating so much more, that kind of thing, right? Like that cycle that we go into. Um, but that's hard. That's hard to keep in check. And I think like in a weird way, I'm sort of glad this came up for me because it helps me, I think, as like a coach because I don't deal with this on a daily basis for myself. The fact that it has come up for me recently, I think is like just sort of expanding my consciousness around it for other people because I do think it's really real for a lot of people and that my awareness and my like understanding of it. So I'm trying to look at it that way and just gradually continue to move more because it is deeply linked to my mental health and that's something that's like come up for me. It's like, oh, it's not just about exercise. It's about when I'm not moving my body as much, the negative voice or the loop gets louder. And and there's a real chemical response that happens, right? We know like the endorphins and stuff from movement help our mental health um, and get released. And it's just, um, so every day now I have a new Apple watch and I'm, um, really trying to utilize that. It was my birthday present and just really, really walk every single day and do yoga. And I've incorporated some more movement, but, um, it's been helping, but also just to like be gentle and know that nothing happens overnight. Like I don't feel great yet, but I don't feel like it's getting worse anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of what you're talking about, I can relate to with, where I'm at because it's like that conditioning, right? It's like when we were busier and maybe had more control over our movement or food choices. I I think it's really like having to slow down this way has really put a spotlight on what is our conditioning as women or as individuals in society, especially when it comes to food and our bodies. And I've noticed it with myself, even, you know, with my husband and I'm sure your partner, he doesn't look at his body and his food choices the way I do. You know, when he's thinking about not having ice cream, (laughs) it's, it's honestly from like a sugar and health place for him. He's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I just, you know, I don't need the sugar right now. But it's been interesting because still for me, and I definitely want to explore this more, you know, in later conversations and just 
through like the work I'm doing myself, but this conditioning we have still, even with all the work that I've done, we've done, I'm sure so many of our listeners have done of this like, like food fear. And I know we're going to talk about this later in the episode, but also I think for me, I'm realizing it's not about the food right now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not about the food. It's my body dysmorphic relationship to myself and the food. And it hasn't been, I will say I haven't, it's been eight weeks now for us in quarantine. And this really just started coming up in like the last week and a half or so for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also having that awareness that I know different states are doing different things. So, um, but you know, the reality is, especially for us in Los Angeles, life isn't going to look normal for a hot second, right? There's going to be, yeah, there's going to be levels. Hopefully, I don't know, there's so, and this is a different conversation, but like, it's going to be a new normal and it should be a new normal because of, of, you know, all the things that have been brought to light, um, because of the pandemic, things that have already existed, inequities, all of this, both, you know, and this is relevant to our conversation in the food system, in the um, healthcare system, but that's like a whole nother, that could be a year long podcast just in and of itself. So it's like, I hope we take this opportunity to create a new normal, but right. As far as this idea of like social interaction goes and the normal we knew in that sense of that daily life, That's not going to look the same for a long time. Well, and I want, you know, and I think I was a big, like I was at the gym, like, you know, three to five days a week, you know, doing like intense classes. And the first eight weeks, I will say it was great. Like I've, I have not wanted to really do much in the exercise world. I've done like maybe once a week, a Melissa Wood health workout. I did, um, a fit for me by Courtney YouTube, um, a body by Simone YouTube, but for the most part, it has just been walking. And then, yeah, I was pretty much eating whatever I wanted to eat, you know, be that more dairy, more gluten, more bread, things I wouldn't normally eat, but I was consciously choosing. And then I think like hitting this eight week mark, just having that reality of like, okay, this is the way life is going to be for a while. So mm-hmm. it's kind of making me realize like I have to create new patterns that serve me? How do I create an at-home workout routine that's going to serve me? Because I don't feel as good. Um, Not like, yes, walking is lovely, but sometimes I do want a little more strength or stretch or yoga, or I want like a dance cardio. And then same with food. Like I am starting to feel less good in my body from the choices I have been making in terms of maybe more dairy, mostly dairy for me. You know, I have been eating like gluten and bread, but that's, you know, dairy is my, (laughs) dairy is the food that doesn't serve me that I love more than anything else. But can you share, cause you were saying a little bit like earlier, can you share, I think that story because it shows like kind of an element of food freedom that you have within this too. And I thought that was really, um, you know, it's really interesting and talking about like patterns and conditioning, but about, you were talking about like about um, ordering Swiss cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Cause I was, you know, talking about this with Allie, um, (laughs) before we recorded, but you know, I have had a lot of food freedom in this, um, 
realm of quarantine, (laughs) but it's been interesting because Swiss cheese is basically like my kryptonite food. Like I can eat it. No other cheese like does this to me, but Swiss cheese I can eat by the slice. Um, In the last eight weeks, I have had like two packages of it in my house and my husband does not eat cheese. So it's like my cheese. Any cheese in our home is just my cheese supply. (laughs) Um, It's like an addict. Um, And I did. And there were moments where I was feeling stressed or sad or anxious and I went to the cheese and I had those slices and I did that consciously and it, 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 it's not that it feels great, but at least when you do it consciously, you're like, I'm aware that I'm doing this. Um, and then sometimes I just wanted to have cheese and I enjoyed it and I was hungry and I was like, mm, three slices of cheese sound great right now. And I ate it joyfully. Um, but it was interesting because I got an Instacart order yesterday and I was out of Swiss cheese and I was thinking to myself, I was like, am I going to order, um, some Swiss cheese this week with my uh, grocery delivery. And I was like, you know, no, I'm not. I just, I didn't want it. And it was actually like this great moment of food freedom for me because if I wanted it, I would have ordered it because I'm past the point. And I, I know we're going to talk more about our, our relationship with our body, but I might be struggling a little bit with my, bo- our, my body image, but I'm not going to punish myself and not order the cheese because I know that all that's going to do is make me obsess over the cheese I didn't order and then overeat other food in my house that I don't even want because I'm thinking and craving cheese. So I didn't not order the Swiss cheese in this week's Instacart order out of a place of punishment. Mm -hmm. I just was like, I don't actually want to have Swiss cheese this week and that's okay. And I don't order Instacart every week. So in two weeks, you know, if I need to replenish some stuff and I want Swiss cheese, I'll add it to my cart. But again, like with this understanding of, okay, this quarantine life in some way, shape, or form is the new normal right now. Right. How do I want to stock my fridge? How do I want to fuel? What do I want to have in the house? And I don't think it's a weakness to be like, I don't want to have this food in the house because, you know, A, I don't want to be tempted or B, I don't, you know, I don't think those are bad choices to make, you know, when we're shopping, if we know, like, you know, I think it's Robin Euclid who said there was a long time she couldn't keep nut butter in her house because she just couldn't see it. It would trigger her. And that's okay too. It's all about where we are in our journey. But again, it's like, for me, I don't think this is about food because my body isn't, my body doesn't look that different. Yet I'm, I find myself being fixated with areas of my body I have become maybe less happy with in these eight weeks. And like you said in the beginning, it's just interesting to get quiet and be like, where is this social conditioning coming, coming from? from. Like, where is it coming from? And I think, um, I think I was also talking to you about this too, but I've been, I feel like I'm in like the sponge section again, like being soft and quiet has made me want to learn more and reflect more. And we all know I'm obsessed with gut health and I just signed up for, um, a seven month advanced gut health course I'm really excited about. Um, but I'm also listening to a lot of podcasts on different subjects, um, including the divine feminine Mm, and like, feminine and masculine. Um, and it's not gendered, like it's not gendered. And I think it's just hard because the, the vocabulary makes it sound very gendered, but we all have masculine and feminine in us. And regardless of whether we identify as male or female, we all need a balance of both in our body. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like an energy thing. And we have upcoming episodes 
that so many actually. Yeah, this is our this is a solo episode, but our lineup, you guys, for the rest of May and June is insane. So if you're not subscribing, definitely subscribe because it is like really great conversations that we are so excited about. But yeah, this concept of the divine feminine. And again, my social conditioning of like what my body quote should look like. I don't even know where this comes from. But when I tap into this like divine feminine, which has been a lot of um, dance and movement, mm-hmm. you have to like dance and move your body um, and love and appreciate that, you know, part of yourself. Um, you know, I talk to my body, be it like legs. Thank you for that great walk. Or, you know, um, we all know Erica talks to her gut bacteria. She's like the next level, (laughs) next level. But, um, you know, and then the deep breathing, like breathing literally from like your toes to your head and like feeling everything in between, you know, these breathing exercises, it's so powerful. I actually feel tingling, like thinking about doing them because my body tingles when I do that kind of deep breathing and being conscious of this, like, feminine power and energy. Cause I think a lot of us, again, it's not gendered, but really do live from the masculine because yeah. we live in like a very like, go, go, go busy, 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 like world and having to slow down and like, look at like, what is my feminine mean? Like, how do I actually love my body beyond the social conditioning that I've been like, you know, brutalized by, you know, my whole life as a female, you know, but, but so it's been changing me, you know, whereas like if I'm wearing shorts on the couch and I see like a part of my body that, you know, might be like juicier or whatever that, you know, I'm like, that's a sexy part of my body. And what, what, or why would I not think that? Right. It's just been an interesting exploration because I think if we can all get quiet with ourselves right now in this softness and really kind of do this work of like, who am I without my limiting beliefs? Right. Well, that's interesting. And that sort of brings me into, um, I'm sure everyone's heard of the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Her name is Dr. Nicola Para, but I've been really following her stuff lately and she's had some amazing, um, things and amazing resources. Like I really recommend her. But um, one thing that I thought that I read was really fascinating. And um, she talks about, because just in the way that you were saying, Erica, like you made the choice and it was like easy enough now to make the choice to not order it. Like it's very conscious at this point for you, right? The idea of making choices, really like taking sort of responsibility for those. But you know, what's really interesting was um, Nicole, Dr. Nicole brought up how to heal self-betrayal. And I thought about this in the context of like how we work with people, right. And how, you know, this is like sort of a component, I think of many people's journeys. And I was really thinking about it with my own, like I have been moving now. Once I sort of started feeling really sluggish, I started to prioritize more exercise. And it like, as you were saying, like you have to do what feels good, but then it's like the more you do it, the better you feel, the more you're going to want to do it because you remind yourself. Right. And she posted this thing and it's, it was about how to heal self-betrayal. And it sort of like got me thinking. And then it was, she was saying, make one small promise to yourself that is so small. It's seemingly insignificant, insignificant, 
Two, keep it every day. Three, if and when you do not keep the promise, forgive yourself and begin the next day and repeat. And then she went on to say like, self-betrayal is something that we learn in childhood. It's a coping mechanism. And that was really fascinating to me because I had never heard it presented in that way before. But um, we learned that, you know, as children, our needs that won't be met, parts of ourselves that are not seen or heard, and that our reality is invalid. And then we, in attempt to receive love, validation, we learn to betray ourselves, our own needs, our own desires, our own authentic self. And that becomes this coping mechanism that we use throughout our life. So when we think about making lifestyle choices and lifestyle changes, it's not like we're basically set up and patterned to not keep promises to ourselves, right? And it's not because we don't want to. Everybody like is like, yeah, I'm going to going to exercise more. I'm going to make different choices in the kitchen. Like Sure, we all want to do that, but like this is this is like the whole diet culture thing, right? This is why diets don't work because you try it for a second and then we betray ourselves. And like, but she gets to the root of why we do anyway. This is long winded, but this woman shared. She, so some of some of the examples that she was saying, like, drink one glass of water every single day for thirty days. That's it. Just drink a glass of water. That's like the promise to yourself. Or meditate for five minutes. Or stretch for five minutes or go for a 10 minute walk once a day, you know, just do something repeatedly every single day. Anyway, this woman shared about her experience and she said she basically like reconditioned her brain from this experiment and she did it with a glass of water every day for 30 days. As a result, that led her to ultimately lose 80 pounds. And then ultimately she cured well, her MS, her multiple sclerosis went into remission because all of a sudden her life drastically changed because she repatterned her brain. And I was just thinking about that. Like we've done a lot of work on that. Like you're saying like, yes, I consciously ate cheese and I love it. And it was emotional, but it was great. And then I made the choice not to. The reason it's so hard for so many people to make the choice not to all of a sudden is because we're constantly patterned to betray loving decisions for ourselves because that's not how we were taught to, to behave. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was like, it was such a light bulb for me because I was like, wait a second, this woman didn't like lose 80 pounds and heal her MS or have her MS going to remission because she was drinking water. It was because she was keeping a promise to herself that was easy enough to keep. And that drastically changed her mind, like the patterning of her brain. So she was able to do that in other ways. And I just was so like moved by that. We wanted to take a quick moment away from this episode to share an exciting new discount code we have with Energy Bits. Energy Bits is a company that sells bits of whole food edible algae, spirulina and chlorella for vitality, immunity, energy, recovery, beauty, and more. Energy Bits are sustainable, non-GMO, and provide pure, safe, protein-packed, plant-based nutrition from real food. Everything from the company is consciously and sustainably sourced, and they only sell the highest quality spirulina and chlorella. This edible algae is also the most alkaline and nutrient-dense food in the world and is used by professional athletes and wellness enthusiasts alike. These little bits pack a major punch. 
Erica and I are currently taking energy bits daily, blended into our smoothies, mixed into a dairy-free yogurt bowl, or taken individually as tablets with our other daily superfood supplements. We both have been using the Vitality Bits specifically to boost our immune system and overall health. Vitality Bits are 50% chlorella and 50% spirulina, and it is really unmatched in its nutrient profile. I also really love the Beauty Bits, which promote glowing skin, better energy, and total beauty from the inside out. If you want to try Energy Bits, you can save 20% on your order when you visit energybits.com and use the code CWPODCAST at checkout. Let us know what you think and tag us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. We know you will love the products as much as we do. You can also check out the direct link in our show notes. Now, back to the episode. And that's why like, I feel so passionately, especially when we work with clients too, it's not about what you need to take out. It's about what can you add? What can you do? Yeah. And that seems so crazy. It's like, well, you're telling me I shouldn't take out like my weekly Taco Bell or my, you know, daily cheese consumption. It's like, no, you need to start with like adding things to you. And that's the thing for anybody in quarantine, this is, you know, something practical that you can do instead of worrying about like, I'm going to go do a dry week. I mean, again, if you need to take things out and you're at that level, go do it, go trust yourself. But I would suggest instead of being like, I'm going to do a dry week or I'm going to cut out, um, you know, this one food group from my diet, how about we add, you know, water, how much can we add more water into your, your nightly routine or your drinking routine for every glass of wine you drink, you have two glasses of water, something like simple like that. Or, you know, um, instead of taking away bread and carbs next week, why don't we add more vegetables to our plate? Like how do I get every color on my plate in every meal? Right. And you just start feeling better when you add simple things to your life and then it naturally changes everything else. And I think, you know, unconsciously part of my weight loss, right? Cause I, I did lose 50 pounds without trying to lose 50 pounds. And, but when I look back at what I was eating, I ate anything or everything I wanted to eat. I wasn't on a diet. I just started exercising, but the exercising changed my body to a point that I was craving different things. My appetite changed. What I wanted to fuel myself with changed. It wasn't from a diet place or a restrictive place. It was literally just, I, I started eating differently and it wasn't conscious. I can't tell you what I was eating. I'm pretty sure I was eating a lot of Chipotle bowls, honestly. (laughs) You know, like I can't, I can't tell you what I was eating, but I remember noticing I was eating differently, right? Like I, I, it was, it was a process. And so, yeah, like if anybody is listening who is really struggling with like, how do I not get fat or I have gained some weight or I don't, you know, um, if you are at a place, cause we're all at different levels. Like I was at a place where I could lovingly and from a non-punishing place, just not order the Swiss cheese, right? right. Like, I'm good. I don't, and I don't want it. It's cause if I wanted the Swiss cheese, you guys, I would have ordered it but I, I don't want it. Like I'm, I'm just, I had enough. I'm good. Um, but if you're not there, just try like lovingly adding something, adding a glass of water, adding, you know, some broccoli, adding some probiotic rich food, you know, like, you know, 
Just add something. And the act of doing it in repetition, like, and, and that's what she was saying. Something that really, really start with something that's seemingly insignificant because we overwhelm ourselves and our minds then like betray us. And then we go into like a shame cycle. Right. And I think it was interesting. I think overall I'm really conditioned now to make really loving choices for myself and my body, but with other emotions about other things sort of coming up during this time, because again, it's not just like body stuff that comes up. It's all the stuff. And typically body stuff isn't always about body stuff. Right. So, so I think that's the thing. It's like, I typically am pretty well conditioned to make really loving choices for myself. I've kind of gotten to that place in my own journey. Um, but wasn't feeling great or motivated or I was feeling, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh, you know, and doing now I walk literally every day and sometimes I'll throw in classes now too. I started Tracy Anderson. I've only done two, but like I totally felt empowered again. And I've been doing some gentle yoga, um, which has been great too, but every single day it's something that I do now. And even if it's just a 30 minute walk, um, and that's made me want to do it more. So I think that's like the thing that really spoke to me about that. It's like, even if you want to transform something that like has nothing to do with nutrition or nothing to do with your work habits or nothing to do with whatever, like it could literally be, you could apply this to anything. You know, sometimes they say like the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. And sometimes it's like hard because we try to bite off more than we can chew. Like, oh, I'm going to try to do all things all of a sudden like this. And it's like, why don't we just start with transforming one thing, seemingly insignificant thing. And it's drastic how that will start to shift everything. And especially in this time where we all crave routine and we don't have routine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree so much. And I think for me, like I, even for the month of May, I made it, um, uh, intention to move just every day. Like I'm going to move my body every single day. Mm -hmm. And that could be, I'm going to dance around my apartment to like three songs. Um, again, I, I go on a walk most days. So that's been my movement during quarantine, but I just want to like, again, like practice what I preach and add something, right? Like do something like we're talking about that. I know I'm going to feel good about at the end of 30 days. And so that, that really, was my intention for this month was just let's, how do we move, move yeah. every day? Um, because some days like, you know, I think that's been, that's been the difficult part. And I'm sure that's the difficult part to not go to food or not go to the X or not go to whatever it is to comfort us is there are just some days that suck and you wake up and you feel funky or you read like I did today, the New York times briefing, and it wasn't a positive briefing. And I just felt gross, you know, and, um, that's okay. You know, it's just like realizing it's like some days are going to suck. Some days you're going to eat worse than others, but every day, like the holistic psychologist said in that, um, post you just read, she's like, and if you don't do it, that's okay. Just start again. Right. And forgive yourself, like break the shame cycle, break the shame cycle. And I think that's, that's what we have to do with food. That's what we have to do with everything. And I do think like, 
you know, especially with food, I do want to say I used to, um, when I restrict, like it, it has taken me a long time to get to a place where I can write like consciously and lovingly not order the cheese or the food that triggers me um, because I don't want it and I just don't need it in my home. With that said, um, there was a point in my life where I think the restriction would make me want and crave the food more, Mm -hmm. um, which I think can happen for a lot of people, which is why diets are also unsuccessful, right? It's like, well, I'm going to stop eating bread. And then all you think about is bread. And then you eat like a loaf of bread, right? Um, You know, it just, it happens to all of us. And so it's interesting. And, you know, Janine Roth talks a lot about this in Women, Food, and God, right? Like she really talks about her whole model is like eat until you're full and um, stop when you're full. And if you do that, you can eat any food you want, mm. literally any food you want. Um, but I was listening and I know we talked about this to um, a podcast. And it was interesting. It was the Jamila Jamil, um, I weigh podcasts with Demi Lovato. And I will say it was, um, you know, the focus was they, they both are recovering from, you know, pretty severe eating disorders. Right. Yeah. And so, but Demi Lovato it was interesting. This one thing she said is, um, you know, her therapist who is working with her on food and nutrition. I think it's like a nutritional therapist or something. Um, again, go listen to the episode because I am not an expert on this topic, but, um, what she did say that I, I think I, I do agree with is, you know, she talked about legalizing food and like so much of her, um, disorder had to do with like what she couldn't eat, like that kind of restriction. And then she would binge, right? So she would restrict, she would binge, she would purge, restrict, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamila Jamil did that as well. I guess she was, she had like a very big, like binge and purge eating disorder. Um, with that said, so in Demi Lovato's healing is she's had to go through different food foods that she has deemed bad that would trigger the spiral of her disordered eating or her, her eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have foods that definitely like Swiss cheese that can trigger disordered eating. Um, you know, so she would legalize them. So for her, like she used like Twinkies as an example. Um, and her, her, the person she was working with told her, well, you have to eat a Twinkie at every single meal every single meal have a Twinkie. And it was to take essentially, right, the power away. Like she's, I think we all do that, right? Like we give the food, right? Like why are we so afraid we're going to get fat during quarantine? Why are we so afraid of our bodies changing? It's because right at the root of that, it's like you're putting all of this on the food. Like it's it's the Twinkie that's going to lead to what? I'm going to be fat. I'm going to be unloved. I'm not going to be like, what does all of that even mean, right? It's really about breaking down because once you take the power away from the food, you're really left with yourself. Than your emotions, right? Right. That's what's so hard about not, at least again, and I've never had um, an eating disorder and I've never, from researching and studying binge eating, I have never been a binge eater. I'm just an emotional eater. But when you choose not to go to the food or you allow yourself to go to the food, you're left with the emotions. Right. You know, when you choose, when I have made the choice now in my awareness to 
eat the Swiss cheese or go to the peanut butter, I know I'm doing it because I'm self-soothing and I have to deal with that. So it's like, or when you choose not to be like, oh, I'm not going to go to the food. But again, like, why am I feeling this way? And so I do think like if they're like, I think this concept that she was talking about of legalizing food Mm. is really interesting because now she said she was, I I don't think I'll ever eat a Twinkie again and not from a restrictive place, but because she ate so many Twinkies and literally her body has, yeah, yeah, like literally her body has rejected them now. So I think of course, again, like this is a severe, this is an extreme severe example. Like we're definitely not suggesting everyone go eat, you know, a box of Twinkies every single day, you know, and there is, and, and they talked about that, which was interesting too. I mean, there is nutritional components to all of this, but if, if you have disordered eating, I think we need to deal with that first. Right. And then we'll deal with the nutrition, nutrition. right. And the health, because you can't have, like it, it's it's like food and mood that we've talked so much about, right? It's like if you eat the kale and you're fucking miserable, the kale is going to digest differently in your body than right. if you eat the kale and you're like, I'm so excited to eat this. Like it can't, right. like food can't be punishment. And so no. these are obviously like really loaded, heavy topics. And I think, you know, Nutrition and pop culture is also something that's so interesting to me because at the end of the day, it's like every human body is different and we only know from like our experience or the people, you know, it's like you can't, I don't love blanket statements. I don't love when people put out these really aggressive statements or claims about everyone should do with their body or what everyone should do with other people's bodies. Um, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. It is. And you know, actually something that came up of, as like a sort of side component of that conversation that you had been telling me about, and I've also seen recently too from a few different sort of like food journalists and nutrition um, experts. And it's like Jamila Jamil and Demi Lovato were talking about this idea of no bad foods, right? Like there are no bad foods when, especially when you're dealing with eating disorders and, and disordered eating. And again, I think you bring to light that everybody's, everybody's situation is different because if you're dealing with an emotional attachment or an eating disorder, that has to be dealt with before you can kind of go into the nutrition component. Absolutely. And so it's like, weird. I understand the taking the power away of like the no bad foods, but I was also seeing like Max Lugavier was defending himself because he's like been told to get off his privileged soapbox about um, like there are bad foods. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, I think we're looking at them from two different lenses, right? Like the women who were having that conversation, they need to take the power away first. But from a scientific point of view, I think that the problem for me, I was trying to really think about this is like the language that we use is like good food, bad food. And I think the difference is, and I, I mean, I agree with Max in the sense that there are bad foods, but the problem is we call them bad foods rather than non-foods. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the big issue is that there's food and then there's not food that we eat. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I think for, I think the, the 
the Max post and we love Max Lugavere and we both read Genius Foods and love it. But I think specifically in his post, he was talking about it's not privileged. He, he talked about it's um, it, the minority do not have the privilege to eat this way, but we talk about food as if it's the majority. And I do not agree with that. I think the majority of people do not have the privilege, be it financial or education. Yes, agree this way. So it's not just, I agree that maybe, because he said, I think it is like a dollar is the statistic, right? Of, I, I, of what the, um, there, it, 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 like, I think if you break it down, the, um, it's it's not much more money to eat well or to eat vegetables or to make better choices. But the issue is, is that that is like a piece of the conversation. It's right. not just, first of all, there are a lot of people who don't have the financial means to eat a certain way. If they do have the financial means or if it is just minuscule, you know, I'll never forget when I was in Boca Raton, Florida, visiting my in-laws and I was at a CVS and it was probably like eight o'clock in the morning and the woman checking me out what looked exhausted. And I asked her how she was doing and somehow I just started talking to her because I guess that's my personality. But um, it was eight in the morning and she told me she had just gotten off a 12 hour shift at a hospital. And was now at her second job at eight in the morning at CBS. So in that hour, hour and a half of her shift change, maybe she could have afforded to go get a salad, but let's be real. What did she probably eat? Something quick, cheap, and fast. And that's a different conversation that right. also is privileged, right? Like right. privilege doesn't just mean financial. The education to know that Twinkies don't have nutrients some people don't know that. And I know that can sound crazy probably to most of our listeners, but that's because of our privilege to have education and choice. And so I, I, or I'm even sure. access, access like about food deserts. Even if you know about this stuff, you might not have it in any place you could actually shop in. Yeah. And so, you know, we've met so many um, polarizing people in wellness who are actually way less polarizing in person, including Max, just honestly. Um, but it's like, I think sometimes people make statements because it fits their niche or the group of people right. that they're yeah. talking to. And they don't like, and again, this was a a, a snippet and a clip of a conversation right. he had. So I'm not saying that Max doesn't agree with everything that we're saying. I just think the conversation of privilege isn't just a financial privilege. No. It's the whole... The whole gamut. Gamut of... And just like how Demi and um, Jamila Jamila may need to say that there's no bad foods and I might need to say, well, that's not true. Yeah. But maybe we talk about them differently or maybe you need to label them that way first so that there's no punishment and that it, it really takes away the emotional component. Because until you deal with that, I totally agree that the other, the nutrition doesn't really matter until it like totally it's not going to do anything. Right. Yeah. And, so, and, and I think it is, it's vocabulary, it's language. It's just, it's just so, it's so complicated. That's the thing. Yeah. Like it's so messy and you know, I think that's why you and I are so passionate about going into, you know, for free communities that can't afford coaching or, you know, 
I've just, I've, I've become very passionate about education, like nutrition education, because I think that's the greatest privilege of all. I can make the choice to go to Taco Bell or, um, drink a soda, but those are things I wouldn't choose to do because I have education, you know, or if I do choose to do it, you consciously do it. I'm consciously doing it just like I'm, I consciously do everything. And I just think, you know, honest, honestly, I didn't have this education until like two years ago, you know, like I, I mean, I was awake enough to know that like, like certain foods, like a Twinkie or like anything probably by hostess or sugary syrup, like, you know, like, but in terms of the way I know now, did I know that most commercially produced whole wheat bread has high fructose corn syrup in it? No. Did mm-hmm. I think to look at a label? No. <laughs> right. Like right. not until I started getting into this world. And again, most of us listening and having this conversation, we're in this world. We have that education. But a lot of people don't, even healthy people, even privileged people. I know people who are in healthcare, you know, commercial healthcare. I know people who are like fitness, gym, buff people, and they eat crap. Yeah. They do. And, you know, it's like your grandfather in the hospital getting his apple pie, who's a diabetic. That's not from his registered dietitian. And so it's like a system that does not support this. So maybe privilege, again, in that context was the wrong word because even Demi Lovato and Jamila Jamil have the privilege to make these choices, right? And to understand what they're putting in their body. But I do think it's like the financial cost isn't the only privilege. Yeah. Because it's it's not. So <laughs> as always, we we feel very passionate, but um, and let us know what you think. You know, it, we it's I think that's what we love. It's like we don't all have to agree or we could you could agree, you know, reach out to us, send us an email, tell us what you think, because we love having this conversation. And actually it was um another friend who actually sent me both the Jamila Jamil um podcast and the Max, Max post privilege, um, post. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's people want to have these conversations and it's great that we're having them because I think the collective is changing to a, we want to be healthier. I think, I think everybody wants to be healthier and even, you know, back to, um, you know, in what Michelle Obama did right in the government about like trying to get more fresh food in schools. I think this collective consciousness is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I love talking about this stuff, but (laughs) to start to wrap it up and maybe end on some more fun topics. It's also, um, by the way, mental health awareness month, which is Mm. really, um, wonderful. And I also want to mention that there's a lot of free telehealth happening. I think even that, um, really popular app, better help. I think Mm -hmm. that's the one, but, um, is offering free um, services to um, individuals in certain cities that are really hard hit by COVID-19. Um, but in general, if you do have health insurance, like um, I'm still doing therapy via telehealth with my therapist and it's free. Like they're not charging for telehealth right now in general. So um, look into that if it's something that interests you or you've wanted to try because you you know, therapy on Zoom or via, it, there's got nothing to lose. But 
in that theme, maybe we can start wrapping up with what are some, you know, the questions we ask everyone, Ali, you can take it off first. What are some of the ways maybe you're taking care of your mental health and any book or TV recommendations you would give at this time? Well, as I was saying earlier, sort of, um, I didn't realize how, how impactful it was, but I would say movement on my, um, for my mental health, specifically outside walking in the sun. Uh, We're really fortunate here to have good weather most of the time in Southern California. And I, you know, the vitamin D it's real like that, you know, so outside out fresh air walking, have some time to think that like has been the biggest one for me. Um, and also of course, chanting, as we talk about chanting twice a day, that is also incredibly important for my, not only my spiritual health, but my mental health as well. It really helps elevate everything. Um, as far as books go, I'm actually started food fix, um, by Dr. Mark Hyman about our food system, which is not a light topic because it's really, really I will say, just interject, um, just to uh, jump in about, I think Mark Hyman handles all of everything we've talked about, the privilege, the eating disorders, the food system. I think he handles it so well. So Mark Hyman is great. He does handle that stuff particularly well. Um, And so, yeah, I started Food Fix. I got the audio book, so I'm doing it while I'm walking. And um, what have I been watching? Honestly, (laughs) I've been watching after all of this. My biggest binge so far is the Great British Bake Off. I, oh, girl. You know, I'm not a big baker, but I, I like watching other people bake, and it is like we're addicted to it. Yeah, no, same. Allie got me hooked on the Great British Bake Off, and it is also just the most relaxing TV show. Like, they're in the English countryside. countryside. Yeah. It's like there's like, it's just beautiful. They're in a tent. Um, it's so good. I love it. Um, I also have been watching, oh my God, I binged the, uh, never have I ever with Mindy, the Mindy healing show. She's not in it, but she like, I think is the showrunner and producer and she writes a lot of the episodes and it is beautifully done. It's a show. It's a, it's a show that will really surprise you. They talk a lot about grief. They handle grief Mm -hmm. so well. Um, but it's also like a fun teen drama and like you guys, that's like my heart, you know, I'm pop culture. I'm, I'm like, I'm, you know, eternally a teeny bopper. Um, yeah, I loved, um, never have I ever so much. And then I'm reading, um, I actually just started the microbiome solution. Um, cause I've started to, just want to read more and dive more into the gut. It's my favorite topic in nutrition and health and wellness. And I think it's the key to like everything. So, um, yeah, I just started the microbiome solution and honestly that's self-care for me has been reading, watching good movies and good TV shows. And then, yeah, I walk, but reading and movies it's like you're leaving your home, you know? Yeah, like, um, it's true. It gives you a little break. A little escape, yeah. It's the book that I'm reading that has been like a really fun like transportation in time um, is the Patty Boyd memoir. Um, I think it's called Wonderful Tonight. She inspired, if you don't know who Patty Boyd is, she was married to George Harrison and Eric Clapton. Wow. And she inspired, you know, the song Wonderful Tonight, Layla, Something by George Harrison. So she was like this muse and this wife of two really, um, 
you know, beautiful musicians. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know if the book is actually called Wonderful Tonight because I'm reading it on my Kindle. So, um, but it's the Patty Boyd memoir and it's, it's really wonderful. And I just, it's such a light read at least so far I'm halfway through. So yeah, I'm in like a memoir. I feel like I'm going to read Jessica Simpson's next because I've heard it's really good. I just, yeah, reading is helping my mental health a lot. So that's awesome. Well, guys, we hope you're all doing well out there and staying safe. And to all the people who are working right now, we're really grateful for you. And yeah, if you have any thoughts, um, shoot us an email. We also have a really great lineup coming up in the next like two months. Honestly, it's like every Wednesday is going to be gold. So if you're not subscribing, um, subscribe, you know, we release episodes every Wednesday and that will not be changing. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for our lineup topics. We haven't talked about before. Interesting, different people. Um, it's going to be great. So yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Get in touch, CourageousWellnessPodcast.com, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.CourageousWellnessPodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.